Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sells podcast, a podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about all things gender, sex, dating, science related. I'm joined by Eliza, the relationship therapist. Eliza, how are you going? Good, good. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the listeners as well. Hope you had a great holiday period. Uh, we are back nice and refreshed. Yes. Feeling well, good? Somewhat refreshed. <laughs> I was telling you before, I was I got bored. After three or four days of a holiday, I was like, I want to do podcasts again. This is boring. That's my dream to be bored. I was like, <laughs> I need to live in my bed for the next six months until I feel rested. It's your dream to be bored. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that. What did you get up to? Anything uh, exciting over the holidays? Lots of sleeping. Nice. Lots of rest. I went up to the Central Coast, my um, parents' house, so I just stayed by the beach. Beautiful. Lots of swimming and walks, bushwalks, more arts and crafts. And then I got into like a week-long uh, video game addiction thing. But <laughs> I'm trying to get out of that now. What was the video game? So I started on – have you ever heard of Ark? I've it's heard like of it. It's like a dinosaur okay. taming game and what? I got so obsessed with it. What console? Um, PS4. And okay. now I'm playing nice. Horizon Zero Dawn, which is kind of like Zelda. Cool. Cross Witcher. Okay. So good. Who got you into this? Was it? Just me. Just you? <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to move on from Sims 4. And <laughs> Okay. What Are they fantasy games? or? Yeah, they're kind of like that where you like have to survive in the wild kind of thing. I'd Fight like, things. I like that. I like yeah. strategy games. Yeah. And third Third-person adventure games. Yeah, oh, it's so good. You got to play it. Okay. Do you have anything? I've got a PS4. Yeah, I uh, haven't played. I haven't been like really addicted to a game for a long time. Um, I've played a few on and off for a while, but yeah, you're good. You don't have an addictive nature. You're always just like, mm, I'm done with this now. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, I, I can get pretty addicted to things just with a game. It hasn't oh, happened for a while. I always feel like you're so healthy with all your habits. <laughs> I'm glad I come across that way, but no, there are definitely things um, I can get addicted. What's like a thing I've been, phone addiction is something for the last oh, year yeah. or two that I just, but I can't even get off it because, well, as you know, like I'm in a kind of weird middle ground where I need it for my job and I need to be mm. posting and I need to be looking at trends, but that sort of justifies me staying on there, scrolling on TikTok yeah. for two hours, which probably isn't too healthy uh but then i just say oh it's for my job it's fine and it goes <laughs> so, it goes past uh, so fast as well when like time flies when you're on your phone and especially then, tiktok yeah jeez it's such a the, the like, algorithm of it is just amazing like man, the I way it works too. and how it keeps you lured and constantly showing you things that you're interested in and things that you would find juicy like i went on tiktok yesterday and I ended up on like this hour long tangent because someone said that she was being like terrorized by fairies and I thought she was joking until I read the comments um, and I realized I was on witch talk and it was like thousands of people being like, you cannot say thank you to a fairy. You cannot give them your name. They'll steal your children and like all this shit. So and I was like, hang on, why do so many people believe this? I had like 11,000 likes these comments about saying like they take your kids or murder your kids or make you infertile. They're not as good. So then I went and like researched it. And I watched like a billion TikTok videos about people having experiences with fairies or fae or whatever. It was interesting i always thought fairies were cute little magical things but 
yeah, they make you they're infertile. Not, like, <laughs> apparently, they're all like they're very mischievous and they will try to offer you things. So it's like they say that if you have, and this is one of those things where it's going to turn into confirmation bias because uh-huh. it's very natural elements that will come you come across people say that's a gift from a fairy don't take it so if you find a little bone like on your front doorstep or in your house or something like that like an animal bone or you find a flower that looks out of place or something like that people think that those are gifts from fairies and if you accept the gift then you're in a contract with them um and you will have to do things for them so you have to say no and bury it what sort of things will they make you do so they're a, a, they're a cute little mob boss. Yeah, well, apparently there's like 50 different variations of fairies or something and like only like three of them are good and most majority of them are very like wow. sneaky and um, appa- people say that they communicate to you like verbally and they only show themselves to you when you want to, uh, when they want to. So I was like, Gosh. these people are literally saying that they're visually seeing and speaking to fairies or fae you really went down a witch talk hole, yeah didn't you? and then i was like i have to look up the history of this and there's all these books on it there's one like written in 1861 that sells for a thousand dollars like about oh God. the history or the encyclopedia of fairies well there you go just when i Maybe thought i'd seen a, it all start a fairy podcast you clearly have a lot of knowledge <laughs> There would be some fairy podcasts out there. Shout out to any fairy podcasts. Yeah, I don't want to do an episode. I feel I'll like I'm, what if I bone. summon one? Don't joke about it. You never know. <laughs> well, I'll be the one sending the bone and see, will they get really – is that like a belief that I'd have to respect? You know, if I was – if I had a friend who believed in fairies and I was like, this is stupid, have this little bone, would they be like, no, that offends me as a fairy believer? I think believer. that that would be okay if you gave them a bone, but what wouldn't be okay is if you stepped in like a ring of mushrooms. <laughs> That's like the worst thing you can do. You know, I've re- I'm such an iconoclast. I think that's the term, right? As soon as people say like you can't do this, I'm like, I'm gonna do it <laughs> right now. Yeah, the mushrooms. <laughs> like the, oh, we won't go into that. But the car- cartoon thing I talked about on the other podcast. Um, yeah, if someone, act- you know, in in high school, I did a lot of theatre, and there are these big, uh, well, sacred cows where you can't say Shakespeare uh, in a theatre, and you can't say good luck before a play. And so our uh, state drama play, we'd been rehearsing for six months. Mm-hmm. We're about to do opening night. We're all tired and we're all, you know, overwhelmed with emotion. Mm. This, this sort of camaraderie of the theatre group because <laughs> you don't get camaraderie anywhere else when you're an actor in high school. And then everyone got into a huddle and was saying, I love you guys so much. We're going to do so good. And I was like, can I say one more thing? Good luck and oh, good luck and Macbeth. That's what you're not supposed to say. Oh, my God. And people went psycho <laughs> and they, the, the, the director had his, hand, his head in his hands <laughs> and people were really panicking. And then oh I felt, started feeling bad just because I could see everyone's emotional response. Um, and then I started backing away and almost hit something that – made something fall onto me, which is the whole thing. It gives you bad luck if you wow. say Macbeth. And then uh, we were in the dressing rooms later and then these three guys who are otherwise very, I assume, I don't assume, sorry, I, I would guess they're you know, not religious and mm-hmm. were, were pretty atheistic, but they're like, you need to respect the beliefs of the theatre and all this stuff. You can't. I get that you think it's stupid, but, you know, for some people that's really important and significant and, I had to run around the theatre 
that's the to like break the curse. You have to run around the theater. Uh, I think can't remember. If it's three times or ten oh times. Oh my god! And he's like, I had to. I went and ran around the theater three times, but that's not cool. Like, I know you get your, you know, you think you're edgy and everything, but. And how did it go in the end? I was like, oh, fine, I, I won't do that again. The, oh, the play went well. Oh. So yeah, <laughs> you broke the curse. Thank God. Well, maybe if you hadn't <laughs> run around the theater three times, uh, but uh, yeah, don't if you're in a play, you're not meant to say Macbeth and. Good luck, although that just makes me want to say it. But um, I'm probably stepping in, in mushrooms send, for someone yeah, who believes will. in fairies now. You will. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, don't step in mushrooms <laughs> and don't open random doors or go to go up staircases in forests. That's all <laughs> well, I've learned. <laughs> I don't think that opportunity is going to arise anytime. I, I haven't been to a forest for a long time. You're going to go so. in now and like put like 10 different staircases in your local park to freak people out. It's quite an ordeal moving a stair, moving a bunch of stairs. Well, some of them and are like just like three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw yeah. of photos of them. People are like, it's like, I don't think the staircase is fairy related, but it's like if you walk up these stairs, you are like entering or opening another realm. Or right. something, or the. Well, why wouldn't you want to? Then because to... people that claim to have done it say, like, my life, like, ended up shit after doing that. Yeah, that's probably it's a placebo. It's uh, confirmation I'm manifesting bias. Yeah. negative things because I believe yeah. I've done something. Because imagine if if I had told you you got the stairs and you you like reached success and wealth and this, you'd be like, hell yeah, like, and of course, who knows yeah. what would happen and then, after. And then that positive. Those positive affirmations yeah. or just the sort of that uh, belief will probably manifest itself in good things happening because you will have a positive exactly. outlook. Exactly. Manifestation is powerful. It seems very hippy-dippy, but oh. it's, it's, a, it's a true and actual like literal psychological phenomena. It's, a, yeah. it's an interesting thing to get into. I was um, writing my Agreed. New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and so I've got like my goals or whatever. I haven't finished it, but- now instead of just having my goals written, like say I want to go to um, uh, two bushwalks a week or something, um, I would instead write um, the like the manifestation or the law of attraction statement about it. So if it was if you were like I want to go to the gym three times a week to get um, more fit and increase my muscle mass by twelve percent or something, I would like. I don't even know if that makes sense. I know nothing more, about it. You have to go t- more than three times a week. <laughs> okay, twelve percent, two percent. Is that more <laughs> realistic? Yeah, okay, and then you would like the way you write it as like a law of attraction would be like I'm I'm so fit at my what's a good percentage of muscle mass? Like I'm so fit well, at my thirty percent. Ten percent body fat is pretty good but real 10% fitness people would try men. to aim for like five percent okay so you'd be like i'm so fit at my five percent fat mat body i don't know you know what i'm body trying to say you say the statement <laughs> as though it's true mm-hmm. and you write it down and you put it in places that you're seeing so it could be like your bathroom mirror where you do your makeup or mm. um next to your tv or something so that you're constantly sub- like subliminally and uh subconsciously picking up these messages that are getting mm. it's almost like conscious hypnosis that you're doing to yourself yeah no it's that's actually not like, hippy dippy at all that's, yeah there's a very tried and true that's Science the literal basis sort of, of hypnosis as well. That's all it is. It's just you say those things and you do those things in a deeply like state of meditation, and then that your hypnosis person will be like, "You're f- you're f- feeling this." Yeah. Well, you're incepting those yeah. ideas into your subconscious. Yeah, exactly. And 
uh, your subconscious then feeds your conscious mind. Yeah. So, yeah, I do that. When I meditate, I sometimes will um, add affirmations if I'm feeling yeah. insecure about something or if I want to change something yeah. or uh, if I just want to feel a certain way. And it could just be the placebo effect. I feel like it's working there for a while. Yeah, works. well, meditation. But even does- if that's the case, it still works. Exactly. So- it's like who even. There's one actually that's going viral on TikTok at the moment. It's so funny about like this manifestation that um, was made into a sound that people keep saying, I repeat this to myself 50 times a day and it's, why is my stomach so flat and my ass is so fat? And so <laughs> that's what girls <laughs> trying to manifest well, for themselves. Because then you'll end up uh, undertaking behaviors for someone who has a flat stomach and a fat ass, yeah. right? So if you keep telling yourself, You're emulating I it. got a six pack, I have yeah. an amazing six pack, I've got incredible muscles. Yeah. And you just start working out more because you think, well, I've got, got to a six pack it. and I've yeah. got muscles, so I've got to do that. It's exactly how it works. And if anyone is actually going to do this, you cannot put anything in negative terms. So you can't say I'm not anxious or I'm not sad because Ooh, the word not doesn't okay. count. All it, all your mm. body is taking in is anxious and sad. So you have to say I am happy or I am calm and I am at peace. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Can't say what you're well, not. You can only say what you are. Oh, okay. Well, I have to update what I'm saying then. <laughs> I usually say positive things, I think. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You're really interesting. What are some of your we'll, – we'll get into today's talk. Well, to, the topic for the first podcast is going to be our predicted trends for, uh, well, first 2021, but then also the next five years and we mm. might even go the next 10, mm. but just as far into the future as we'd like. And I assume we'll just talk about trends in the realm of dating and yeah. relationships and the things we usually talk about. But I'm curious, though, what are your New Year's resolutions? Um, my you, you don't have to share them, but <laughs> no, that's fine. I want to get out of Sydney this year. Don't worry, I I'm won't be going do... far. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm, I want to move up, like onto a little coastal town, really okay. badly. I'd love to yeah. work um, privately for myself. Um, I mm. want to get rescue a dog or two. Um, I don't. Nice. That's, I guess that's a goal. Why not? I'll have a fun goal in there. Yeah. Um, continue with like doing things that um like creating things i've been creating a lot of art um and that's been really good for me i think like working with my hands i'm a kinesthetic learner as well so it's good to Mm. have like my hands occupied and doing things and making lots of jewelry and like um ceramics and pottery so i like that um and more meditation more walks and just simple things like um finding a moment each day to put my like feet barefoot on grass um so which is like apparently has a um you can have a really intense physiological response to that because the sole of your feet like connect to chemicals in in grass and soil that Mm. can like increase positive um uh, chemical releases essentially yeah i've heard that actually yeah Yeah, there's something when your skin just and not always just i think it's particularly pronounced in your feet yeah uh, when it touches, well, grass or just nature yeah. rather than, you know, your carpet or your tiles yeah. or whatever or shoes. It's the way it should be. It's, it's the way uh, we were meant to be. I've, I've, I've heard that. It's yeah. a good way to ground yourself, like quite literally. So. Interesting. Well, what about you? If you move up to the, we'll have to talk about how we're going to do this if you move up to the coast somewhere. I'll probably still be down here every weekend. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, we'll be good. My news resolutions, wake up earlier. That's a big one for me. Oh, yeah. I'll try to wake up earlier. I don't wake up 
at a productive time. I mean, look, I work uh, different hours, obviously, because I work for myself. Don't have to be anywhere at 9 a.m. But no, I want to. What time um, do you wake up currently? Oh, it just that's the problem. It just varies. Uh, yeah. So anytime from seven to like nine, you know, mm. and that's not ideal. I don't know. Like, I, I agree with you. I like to be kind of disciplined and be like, I got to wake up this time. I'd love to wake up early. But my housemate, mm. he says he wakes up when he feels rested. Well, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, that would be course. me at 12 p.m. being like, All but, right. uh, <laughs> slept for 14 hours. <laughs> that's, look, yeah, you need to, um, if you, you're really overworked, I'm, I'll, I'll, I do have the luxury of being able to have a sleep in because, mm. I, like I said, don't have to be anywhere at 9 a.m. most days. Uh, but no, I still want to, I'm going to try for 6am every day. That's good. Um, which is pretty normal time. Most people who are working mm. normal jobs would wake up anyway. So I just want to say, you know, like I want to. Are you going to go to bed at 10? Um, try to. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 10, definitely 10.30 latest. Yeah. Um, and see, and then try to wake up and do a workout every morning. Cause oh, I usually okay. work out in the afternoons, but I want to do like a cardio workout in the morning and then a weightlifting workout in the afternoon. So. Wow. No, That's... thank you. Two a day. <laughs> yeah, but I would have done a, I combined them both before. Yeah. So I did like about an hour of weights and then half an hour of cardio, but now I'm going to do half an hour of cardio in the morning and then an hour of weights, maybe like 10 minutes of cardio at the end of that. My God. I wish, I wish I was like that. That'd be, I live, I signed up at a gym and from my bedroom in my apartment, the gym, like I look at the gym, it's 10 meters away across yeah. the road and I still don't go. We got to manifest the, <laughs> you know. I go the to the gym positivity. five I, times a week. I am at plus fitness. No, and I'm not, make, I'm not even making <laughs> That's it up. That's my like, manifestation. Exact, before I was, uh, you know, really into the gym, I went there because I felt like, oh, I guess, you, you know, all my friends were and you have to, but. Then I always thought, no, that's not me. I'm not a gym guy. I don't look mm. at my muscles or whatever. And then for, through like more of a mental process than anything else, I sort of changed the way I thought about myself. Mm. And now I really in, enjoy going there and I think it's a staple of my day. And That's good. Uh, there's a word, I think it's quotidian. I'm not sure, but I've been trying to also, yeah, that's another one. I want to increase my vocabulary. Love that. Um, quotidian, I think, is daily occurrences or daily activities. I oh. think I'm not too sure about I could be wrong, actually. Fact-checked it in the comments. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, but so that's, yeah, that's one. Wake up earlier and sleep earlier. And I'm not performing too much i'm doing my one um show a week still in sydney yeah. i've got i do have a show that's scheduled in the gold coast actually so Aww. any listeners from the gold coast you can uh go and check it's it gold coast just go to the gold coast comedy festival website when's that Mar late march so assuming awesome. there's no border closures right mm. but it, you know you obviously get refunded and everything if uh mm. another cluster of cases pops up so yeah from the gold coast uh come along to that that'll be fun but other than that, I'm not going to tour so much this year and that's why I think I can wake up earlier because, mm. you know, if you're doing shows, they often finish at like 11. Yeah, or, and it throws and you, you out of routine. At midnight. So mm. that's why I think I was always waking up later. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, those are my main resolutions, I'd say. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and keep growing this podcast because it's a lot of fun. Um and one final thing before we get into the meat of today's topic, uh, 
we are now offering, if you want us to talk about a topic of your choice or you have a question, or even if it's a personal relationship or self-development issue you may have that you think the expertise of Eliza and my non-expertise can help you out with, uh, you don't have to subscribe anymore. Previously, it was the $30 or the $10 a week subscription that would have gotten you those options. But now there's a uh, it's $30. Um, if you go to neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts, there's a $30 option for the Sex Sales Podcast to just send in a question or a query and we'll spend a good at least 20 minutes of the podcast talking about whatever it is you want uh, us to talk about. We'll give you a shout out for your social medias and you know you help us out with the production costs. So if you're interested, go to uh, neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts and the other $1, 2 and $3 a month subscriptions are still available. But let's talk about the future. <laughs> Every time we talk about the future, I leave your apartment feeling so depressed. Like the one where we talked about uh, like sex robots. <laughs> oh, that, I was thinking about that for like three felt weeks. Depressed off. after that, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I still think about that and get. I get. I don't say I get depressed. I just get sh- uh, terrified. I mean, or I just don't know what to do. Really. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm Scary. shook. Shook. <laughs> But, it is a scary uh, thing. Yeah. So just 2020, I don't know, it's hard to, all right, in January 2022, will there be any major, it'll probably just be certain trends that will continue or um, mm. maybe new apps or something like that. But I can't imagine there's going to be a big transformation in the way people date or meet or hook up in a year. But I feel like there is. Yeah. yeah. How so? In just a year? Okay. Well, I feel like at the moment mm-hmm. we it's, I guess, you know, we're in Sydney, Australia. And so I, I can only speak from, you know, this kind of side of the world. So mm-hmm. not, not around the globe. Um, but I do feel that with the pandemic and COVID that we are kind of less, um looking at a hookup culture which we were like when we started this podcast as well and then before that we were constantly talking about how mm. people can't find relationships because all they do is meet people that want to have you know one night stands now it's like kind of flipping the other way i think covid well first of all it's unsafe to be having constant one night stands so we're lucky in sydney australia you, or in australia you can but in other countries mm. you can't have a hookup and because a lot of people were isolating, they were becoming lonely and thinking, I wish I had someone with me and and what, and craving that kind of relationship. Mm. So I think that we will continue to move more towards relationships. But I also predict that we will be ending relationships a lot more and over less intense things than what we may have used to do. I... Agree, and I can see that because the opportunities to even just meet at a bar or yeah. uh, come to, come over to someone's house, people will be a little more skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. It's not there's still a lot of people um, in in my friend group at least that are hooking up, but yeah, uh, I, I can definitely see that. That's probably I could I could I would guess that it it is uh, decreased. Mm. However, I'm sure once this virus is over, I can't imagine that people are like let's celebrate being permanent. Yeah, with dick. And yeah, <laughs> whatever it is you want, you know. Um, but we also don't know how long this situation is going to persevere. Exactly. But there is a vaccine. I'm so sick of hearing about the stupid vaccine. Like it's just 
It's yeah. been all, it's been ready for so long, and then it finally came out. But then there's pro- oh, I don't even want to think about it. But yeah, we are in a very different situation, and also we're in a big city. People in mm. towns they don't they well I, I've heard they still hook up, but it's all very in each other's businesses and stuff. Yeah. Sorry, that sounded so dumb. Over here, country people also <laughs> hook up, but uh, no. What I mean is that you know it's not like. All right, you marry someone at 18 and then that's it, right? There's a lot of – I had someone who went to this country town in New South Wales and was a teacher there for two, three years and just the the, the infidelity is rife. They oh. all cheat on each other. That's what she was telling me. Wow. She's like, they all cheat on each other. They all know about it. And then to apologize, they like buy – a goat? No, they buy like uh, like farming property or something or, like, or a car or just – Apparently, this must be a pretty rich country town, uh, but this is purely anecdotal. Um, but anyway, sorry. This is a ten, a, That's know, interesting. I've never heard divergent of, there. Of, I wonder if that was just like one town in specific, or if that actually is a trend in like rural areas about the infidelity. Because I've never heard of that. But I'm gonna. I would have thought it'd be the reverse. But same. Yeah. But again, it's just one account. I don't. Yeah. This is just yeah. this person's um, experience. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, your point about people looking more for a relationship in these tougher times, actually, I can see that. I can see that happening. I, I suppose, yeah, if we're talking about just 2021. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I would say I doubt that it's a permanent thing, though. I yes. think as soon as we get back to how things were in 2019, mm-hmm. it's going It's going to follow the, the, the trends of uh, – Shorter term relationships. You only live more, once. Yeah, look less, what we've just come out of. Less monogamy. <laughs> yeah, monogamy, more mm. uh, different structures of relationship. But then also, religious and more conservative people will will will, will hold on to those values even tighter and mm. become more conservative, and there'll yeah. be a bit of a cultural divide. That's that's my guess. But I'm talking maybe you know ten years time, right? So if we're doing this podcast in ten years, I think there'll be a lot more men who just because then sex robots and uh, VR porn will be 10 times better than it is now. So the trend of already there's, you know, an increase in men who aren't having sex, uh, I think that's just going to continually exacerbate and uh, probably be a lot more. There already are, but I think single motherhood will be the norm. But I'm talking, mm. my prediction is in by, let's say in 15 years, in 2036. So how old will I be? 42? Well, quick maths. <laughs> it's, a, it's an Indian thing. Um, <laughs> I think there'll be more single mothers than um, dual parents. Yeah. I mean, there Nuclear might already families. be. Do you think, is there already more single mothers than? Well, there are more single mothers than ever before. Yeah. But true, yeah. not in comparison to nuclear families. Not yet. I think by yeah. then I'll, I'll have to look at the the yeah. trends of it, but yeah. I think in Western, then again with more because the immigration that's occurring to a lot of Western countries is generally from much more uh, socially conservative mm. uh, communities, and they're less likely to have single mothers. So that could that could sort of buck the trend a little bit. Yeah. But I'm still gonna say that yeah, by the 2030s or 40s there'll be. Like single, mm. not just motherhood, but single parents will be the norm. Yeah, and it'll be more like kind of 
not accept. I think in Sydney it's pretty accepted. Mm. We're lucky, but um, or in, in most of Australia at least. But I think that it will be more um more supportive. Like the cost of childcare fees is just ridiculous. Like, mm. you know, if you're if you're a teacher and you're making let's say a salary of sixty sixty five k a year, um, and then you have a child and you're living in Sydney in crow's nest or in, in the city or wherever childcare can cost like 30 grand a year mm. so that's half your salary how you do that as a, a single parent like the government does offer subsidy but i think there needs to be more support that it doesn't offer subsidies so that this single parent can survive because this single parent still needs to make you know, a future for herself and not live mm. paycheck, paycheck to paycheck and rely on her family and things like that. I, I agree. Mm. Uh, to play devil's advocate, I guess the sort of political uh, opposition to that will be like, why should, you know, people like taxpayers who might be in a nuclear family who have mm. uh, y- 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 maybe done things the more traditional way, why should their taxes have to uh, help someone who in their mind might have just made bad decisions now I, like i said i agree with mm. you um because there's also it takes two to tango obviously you yeah. know the man uh depending on the circumstances and things because then you get into that kind of mra debate of like d- does the man always have to legally pay child support if if say he's been duped and been told that yeah. you know situations where the woman's lied and and all sorts of things like that but i think generally yeah the man should be paying you should probably just, if it's your kid, like you just want to support it anyway. I don't well, think, I think it, should it should be like legally obliged. It should apply for single fathers as well. Sure. But yeah. I think that in response to the, like the tax thing, it actually will benefit the economy to be able to raise children in a way that is more supportive, that offers them more opportunities. And money gives us opportunities as much as we mm. hate to say that, to be able to have food on the table and and send your kid to school and, and buy school supplies and textbooks and things like that and be able to afford that will better those children when they become adults. Mm. So I feel like it's an investment into the future to provide support. For sure. You want, uh, especially because there's another entity involved, like that there's a child there that you want mm to be given uh, ample opportunity to to succeed and become the best version of mm. themselves. And that does only benefit society. What do you think about the argument that, well, maybe if we didn't have this hookup culture, maybe if people were a bit more uh, selective and, and sort of waited to, to have sex and did things in a bit more traditional way, there would be less single parents. And if people sort of stuck, you know, not making divorce illegal or anything again, but if there was a little bit of, uh, well, the only way to sort of culturally enforce that is with a bit of shame, I guess, mm. which is what obviously occurred and in many communities still does, um, so that even if there has been tough times and things, the two parents stick together for the betterment of the of the child. So, again, I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm. I think we need to look at new ways. Um, there are sort of... Issues arising from uh, taking away maybe the like cultural incentive to have that family structure, but I don't think just being re- a reactionary and going back to that is necessarily the right solution. However, how would you respond to say like a criticism like that? Like maybe if people weren't so quick to you know jump out of relationships and didn't make such impulsive decisions, then there would be uh, more likely to be two parents in the in the uh, ra- raising the child, and and the financial burden will be. Mm. the financial and just the workload financial burden and the workload will be um 
shared between two people as opposed to one person and then that would benefit society as well yeah there's too many variable factors i think like because relationships don't always fall apart or children aren't always spawned by you know quick hookups or whatever so you could Mm. be with someone for 20 years and and they could cheat on you and then and then how are we going to differentiate do you have to have like a document that says um i am a single parent but it was because my husband was a dickhead here's Mm. the evidence kind of thing (laughs) or like you know i actually was reading up today on um pcos which is like poly six polycystic ovarian I don't know, something, It's mm. a, I can't remember what it stands for, but something syndrome, ovarian syndrome, uh, where you basically have cysts in your ovaries. Mm. And um, I was, I don't know why I was Googling it. Oh, I saw so- someone was saying she had it, so I Googled it. And up to 26% of women have that. They don't actually know because a lot of people go diagnosed, but they're saying anywhere up to 26% of women can experience, or 24%, sorry, um, can have PCOS. And that reduces your fertility rates by like 50%. So if you find out, if one in four women potentially have very, very limited ability to have children, like if I found that out today and was like, basically the older you get, the less eggs you have, the less chance of fertility, I would be like, someone give me a baby. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I'll raise it myself. I would. That's what I would think. Mm. But um, so I think that, that that is a common thing as well. When women are reaching 30s, they haven't had a partner and they're in their mid to late 30s and they're like, I just want a, a baby. They will do it on their own. Some people, I, again, I don't, uh, might say that could be quite selfish, especially <laughs> if you're not in a financial position to to uh, look after the child's yeah, needs effectively, yeah, you should be in a financial position. And to you're it. thinking about, I want a baby because it, it'll make me feel good. Mm. But what about the baby itself? Yeah, do have kids when you when you know you can support them. That's the moral of every single life story. I think it is interesting it's that it's almost always the when a, a relationship does break up. This is a stat a statistic that the uh, men's rights movement will always say that the custody almost always falls on the woman but Mm. a lot of that is because the men just don't want the custody yeah and i wonder why that why are so many men not willing to be fathers not wanting to raise uh their children because Mm. that i can only assume in previous generations was a real point of pride yeah, I think Look at the children I've raised. They've become immaculate adults and mm, I did that. Well, I contributed to that. I did that. So You're mine. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I think it's a lot of it is because, you know, traditionally and also statistically, if a man is taking that role of being the, the worker and, mm. and working longer hours to support his family, he might be thinking, okay, we've split, but I've, I've been working 50, 60 hours a week. Mm. How am I going to look after the kids? They're going to have a nanny till 8 p.m., That's that kind point. of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, that might be um, one reason. I was actually talking about this with um, my boyfriend last night because we are watching this. Have you seen the Dirty John um, – uh, Netflix. No, it's uh, art. Okay, that. it is incredible. It's a true story, basically. Okay. Watch the pod, listen to the podcast, and then they also have a documentary and yeah. a show on it. And it's just, it's basically about how um, a sociopath kind of ruins the life of a married woman. And there's a season two, which is another example of a sociopathic man ruining the life of a woman, but then the woman becomes sociopathic murderer. And um, it's so Gosh. good. Watch it. Okay. And anyway, we were watching this show and Aid was like, well, 
why why is he um you know he's going for custody the dad uh kids need their mothers like kids can't be raised without their mothers and mm-hmm. i was saying no kids can't be raised without nurture and compassion mm. which like an empathy which will more likely come from women but if a male can or has those attributes then those children we raise perfectly fine so i think that mm. that is another kind of internalized stigma that we may have or hold against men um that they may not have the emotional capacity Mm. to parent properly where realistically they more than likely do. It's just something like that is so innately embedded in us. Um, For example, we were also talking about when a woman gets accused of being a child molester and how you can kind of easily dispute that if a rumor went around. But if I had spread a rumor about you, if I had said to one person out of the blue, Neil's a child molester, that rumor will stick with you for the rest of your life. It'd be so hard for you to not, because you're a man. That's mm. why, you know, men can't really get jobs and childcare and things like that. It's a, a lot of people are weird around men with children. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. Um, there's a comedian who does this joke about even just being a single man at a playground it's creepy. Yeah. You're just there looking at the kids. Even his kids are there playing, but yeah. it's it's considered, it's seen as creepy. And uh, male teachers or, you know, the men that were Santa Claus or whatever, mm. uh, that are having kids sit on their lap and everything. I don't know if do kids still do that nowadays. Yeah. Because, yeah oh, well, not with well, COVID, but yeah, up true. until early, yeah, last year they were. And, you know, if yeah. a man hugs a little girl especially, now yeah. we're, we're almost uh, – uh, we've been conditioned to think that it's it's a bit creepy or something's going on, which mm. is which is dangerous. Um, at the same token, like I always say, stereotypes can be very uh, culturally ingrained, but they also don't just fall out of the sky. I think yeah. there may be a reason. Some of those oh, stereotypes yeah. about uh, women being more in general nurturing and caring mm. versus men not not necessarily having those traits. Mm. Uh, exist however how much then the question becomes you know how much is that through culture and and sort of learned so uh, societal behavior yeah um so true and people get uncomfortable with with men around children so at um, not that I condone that, but because ninety nine percent or ninety eight percent of abuse against children is perpetrated by males, so that's yeah. how it's become ingrained in us i think yeah uh, is, is that just physical abuse or are we talking yeah physical and sexual abuse emotional i i don't know actually the stats i know that it's higher for men but it's women were coming up there kind of thing with emotional abuse but it's a so very hard, hard you that. can't document it yeah, yeah that one's so hard to define it's so yeah. subjective someone can say i was being emotionally abused by this person but you cannot really prove it and then that person doesn't con- often as I think we've spoken about before, they're not consciously they're not consciously trying to abuse someone. Whereas if you you know touch mm. someone inappropriately, you you know what you, you know. I mean, yeah. unless you've been totally brainwashed, you know what you're doing is wrong. Mm. Whereas if you say a, a sort of getting really upset about something and then getting angry at that person, that's just a visceral response. But then you turn around and say that you love them, but you're not sort of concocting an evil, malicious plot to. Uh, degrade their self-esteem that's just your natural response Mm. can you be held criminally um you know can you sort of impute 
criminality to those actions because if it's unconscious, how how do you punish someone for that? You know, it's a tricky yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I actually listened to this um, audio book. That was something I was getting into on my little break. Mm. Um, and there's one that's free at the moment, um, and it's called um, shit. What's it called? It's by the guy that wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, Mark Manson. Yeah. And so Love he, him. He's, he's, he's fantastic. He's got an audiobook and it's only on audiobook and it's called like um, Love is... Oh, it's called Love is Not Enough. Mm. And essentially he brings in six or eight people who've always struggled with love and relationships. And he used to be a relationship coach and he delves into their history and what they're experiencing now. And he kind of like psycho psychologically unpacks it with them. Mm. Um, and then he tracks them for like a year to see how they've progressed and overcome their issues. It's so interesting. I loved it. But one of the really interesting things that he kind of emphasizes during this is that narcissistic people um, or which are, it goes hand in hand with emotionally abusive will always be drawn to um, kind of that pushover type of person because narcissistic people feel love when they can have someone else take responsibility for their own issues and, and, and like fail, flail to fix it for them. And then that other uh -huh. person feels love when she's like, oh, he's got all these problems. Let me just like fix it. And yeah. um, it's going to make me feel so good. And look what I did for him. I got him a job. I got him a suit. Like that makes them feel good. Yeah. It's not because of true altruism where she's like, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my own heart. It actually genuinely gives that person like kind of a high. So these, these two types of people are so drawn to each other mm. because they feed each other the way that they want to be loved. And it comes into that abusive dynamic where – she knows she's being emotionally abused, but in some times because of that, it's releasing like excitement and, and passion and it's giving her more opportunity to feel loved and show love. So a couple of questions there. Does she know, she, you know, what people in that situation, do they know they're being abused? Mm -hmm. And and also, like I said before, if th those behaviors aren't enacted consciously, can you say it was a, a legal behavior, for example, you know, because with physical abuse, we know mm. it's very objective, right? You, you lay a hand on someone that's in, and it's not in self-defense, criminal act. Mm. Whereas with emotional abuse, it's so vague and nebulous and we just, it, it, to me, it seems almost impossible to criminalize something like that, even though I'm sure it is a criminal act. Well, it, yeah, basically it isn't. Well, uh, it, legally, I think it has a term of uh, it can be, but it's I've never ever seen anyone charged for it. And nine times out of ten, in, in child protection cases I worked in, there was severe emotional abuse. But it was just impossible to prove. And another um, kind of factor of that was of the uh, um, two to four percent of sexual abuse against children is perpetrated mm. by by women. Mm. And of that two to four percent, I think it was something. It was in the nineties, but a very extremely high percentage like 95 percent of that of those few women were perpetrating sexual abuse to those children because their partner was telling their male partner was telling them to forcing them to blackmailing them to etc mm. so almost all circumstances in which a woman aside from 
like teachers, I guess, was sexually abusing little children. It was because they were being told to. Mm. Um, and so then it came down to this, well, who then is to blame? Who's to blame there? Who's yeah. culpable? Yeah. Well, then you get, yeah. Because it, look, yeah. it can be so subtle. And it wasn't like a, you send me photos of your children or I'll stab you in your sleep. It was like, a, if you loved me, you would do this for me. So really <sighs> that's not against the law to say that. It's tricky. If you hang on, look. If I if I said to someone, "If you love me, you'll murder someone," I'd be held criminally responsible for that, right? No. Well, that's what actually. There's yeah, a good. There's a show no, no, about no, that, this where that girl told the guy. Um, she was young. She was like 20, and she told him to kill himself and he was suicidal and he was messaging her for months and then they made this plan and then he was he was um gassing himself in in his car and then she um if you googled it there's a really good doco on it just just say girl that um told her boyfriend to kill himself Mm. and then he ended up changing his mind halfway through got out of the car and then she what made her criminally accountable for it was that she then said get back in the car via the phone and it was this huge debate worldwide of who's that? Is she at fault for his death because she told him and a vulnerable person to get back in the car, or is she not at fault because he she wasn't even there? She was across the country. No, I think the chain of com- well, yeah, almost the chain of command or responsibility would lie with the person who may be in a position of authority there. I mean, if it's an organization or something, and someone the boss tells mm. a subordinate to do an illegal act, the boss is still held. No. Well, it depends. It depends. It, yeah. yeah it, okay. In my well, industry, is... it's not. If you get told by your boss to do something and they and you do it and it's like um, a good example of Even this. So just real quick. Yeah. So if they're threatening you, like, you, you will lose your job if you yeah. don't do this. Yeah. And, and You're, you are still held accountable for the actions that were taken. Oh, I think the person who still undertook the action should be held accountable, but there also should be uh, negligence attributed to the person who told them to do that. If they if they willfully knew that their influence could lead to this uh, criminal act being undertaken, that you got to be. You gotta, this is a very. If there's any lawyers <laughs> listening, I'm sure there are. Um, Please help. This is yeah, not our area of expertise here, but. That sort of stuff is really interesting. You know, who's criminally responsible? Mm. If it, you know, with something like emotional abuse, how do you define that? How do you prosecute something like that? Can you, even just morally, who is morally morally responsible in that situation? Mm. I feel like we could go into a real can of worms there, but we still got to talk about other trends. Yeah, that there's we, like uh, two thousand different paths we can go down. Yeah, on that one. we we've yeah. uh, we've. Uh, uh, gone down a rabbit hole there, which we always do. Yeah, but don't know that was really interesting. Mm. Um, like I said, any lawyers, uh, go for it. Mm. It'll be interesting to read the comments. Um, any other trends that you? Well, maybe first of all, yeah. Any other brief ones for just twenty twenty one? But then, I think what I find more interesting is the ten year window because that's when people. Go, it could go through their 20s. For instance, someone who's just mm. turned 20 is going to go through their 20s over in what the 20s. What are they going to say? Yeah. <laughs> and how is it? Say like this, let's say they're, you know, maybe they're dating for f- five of those years and then they're going to be in a long-term relationship and then get married at 29 or something. Mm. What is their life going to look like on average compared to someone, well, even just uh, we're six years older, but 
say someone in the 80s or something like that. Yeah, well, that's when I um when we first started this and I was saying that I think that a lot of people get in more relationships, but I also think a lot more relationships will end. Mm. I think that there's a trend going, which is ironic that we'll be saying this about, the, you know, the next generation, but that's what our parents would say about us, about relationships being ended way too easily and Every, early. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's very trendy. What I'm seeing throughout 2020 was that it became a trend to be have a lot of psychological insight and reflection and empower yourself and being authentic, which on paper sounds great and is fantastic. However, I have noticed um, and seen just everywhere is that people are kind of trying to use this to kind of speak their truths. And it's coming across in a way that I don't actually think is that helpful all the time. For example, um, people are saying, you know, Neil, um, I'm just going to speak authentically. And it really upset me when you didn't, I don't know, you didn't offer me a tea when I walked in the house, which you did, but I couldn't think of another example. Um, but, you know, it's that kind of I'm going to name something that's bothered me because I want to speak authentically and, and honestly. And I'm seeing it just everywhere being like, um, look, Louisa, it's crossed my boundary that yeah. you made a comment about this person in that TV show being a wimp. And therefore, I would like to spend a bit of time apart. And they think... Let me educate you yeah, about the problematic nature. Yeah, yeah they're okay. thinking, that person's thinking, I've been true to myself. I've spoken my truth. I'm informing her out of respect that I want to take a break. But realistically, Louise is going to be like, what the f hell? Like, who gives a shit? It's a TV show. We're watching Riverdale, like, yeah. kind of thing. And he is a wimp. Um, and, you know, then it turns into this conflict, whereas it would have just been better for that person to roll her eyes and be like, oh, my God, Louisa, she's so negative. I need to, like, spend three days apart and not tell her kind of thing. Um, and that's happening in relationships as well where – people are which is good to it's good to call out behavior that doesn't sit well with you and i'm all for that mm. but you also need to know is this going to be a hill you're going to die on and to pick your battles because when it's little minuscule things and it's going to be constantly like neil i've told you repeatedly if you do not vacuum on a tuesday night at 7 p.m that it's going to make me really uncomfortable and then you forget to vacuum and i'm like this, you've crossed too many boundaries. I'm ending the relationship. Jeez. This is what's happening. Like people oh thinking it's being like, no, I have I have self-worth and and this and that. No relationship is is perfect. And I can never force my boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever I'm in a relationship, I can force them to be yeah. the perfect ideal, stick to everything I, the way I want it. Mm. And people are interpreting this kind of self-empowerment as no let's take a stand against this and let's let's um, cut out people that are toxic to us. But is that really toxic if, if your boyfriend doesn't vacuum on a Tuesday night at 7 p.m.? I don't know. <laughs> Unless you have like severe yeah, allergies and I don't know, whatever. But, you in know. that situation. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I do all the vacuuming, so <laughs> I don't live with it. I don't cohabitate. But um, You do. You have a beautiful girl right there. Well, yeah, we're not in a sexual relationship, thankfully. Um, we're in a Just pet, pet emotional human relationship. Yeah, yeah, we're in an emotionally abusive relationship. <laughs> she runs this house. She needs food and I'll... Look, I'll she's look, she knows. She has to give me affection <laughs> to get the food. Um, 
That's really interesting. And I am seeing similar trends, I think, with with a lot of psychoanalysis Mm. that is being very popularized, as we are doing with this podcast. There could be a negative... There could be negative consequences for that, which is self-empowerment is wonderful. Mm. And I think everyone should strive to have as much self-worth as possible. But you have to be really careful not to cross that line into, well, narcissism, really. Yeah. And that can be tricky. That can be a tightrope for a lot of people. And I think for a lot of younger people, you might be very shy and insecure. And then you sort of um, counteract that by being a boss and you know mm. i'm a bad bitch or whatever you know i'm a i'm a fuck boy i don't care like that kind of thing and you sort of seesaw between these two unhealthy mm. mentalities uh i agree with you i think i think speaking you know being truthful and being honest is always the best option for me so if something mm. is bothering someone mm. i should say it but you got to then be open to uh, an honest response from that other person. So yeah. if someone said to me, you know, it makes me uncomfortable if you don't vacuum at 7 p.m., I'll say it makes me uncomfortable that you're, you know, treating me like some kind of slave yeah. that needs to, like, vacuum at this perfect time to make you feel good. And maybe you need to look inwards and un- ask why you need to feel good if your boyfriend vacuums exactly. at 7 p.m. So as long as there's that to and fro, I think that sort of brutal honesty, but I guess, can't- is... You can't name everything that upsets you. It's just not. It's just not right. Like, like I, you know how I, <laughs> I told you I have an issue where no one knows this until I put this on this podcast. Where I have an yeah. misophonia and it like irritates me when I hear people eat. Like it fills me with rage, and I've always had that. And I know it's like a, a weird quirk I have, but I'm not gonna sit next to my friends and be like could you not eat? Like, it's really annoying. And, and, or say like, it really, even if I said it in a nice way, like, Hey, could you please move two meters away? I really can't bear the sound of you eating. Like, no, that's a dickhead thing for me to do. That's my problem. Like, I'm going to sit on that. I'll just push through it kind of thing. It's, you know, it's just that whole, Mm. don't name every single little thing that bothers you because depending on your personality and your nature, for some people that have a very optimistic outlook, you might go your whole day and nothing will bother you. And we're really lucky to have that. And then some people and most people have a negativity bias and more likely to be cynical because that's a self-serving behavior that is a survival behavior. So there's going to be 10, 15, 20 things that irritate you every single day. And and most of those things we will just let go of and let pass like, oh, traffic, oh, red light, oh, slow walker in front of me, whatever. Mm. But in our relationships, we're experiencing those small minor irritations, but we're like, no, we need to communicate this if we're going to have a healthy functional relationship. And that means like friendships and romantic relationships, but you're not going to walk up to someone on the street and say, look, you're walking really slow and it's incredibly frustrating. Like... It's just causing conflict for no reason. Yeah, just go (laughs) over and tweet about it. Oh, but I don't, yeah. (laughs) I I agree. I think, you know, if you're going to nitpick and be pedantic, I think that might be a flaw within you or just Mm. maybe you shouldn't even be with that person. But there's still a balance. I think if there are things that are really getting to you, you you should talk about it. Oh, yeah. And then you can maybe talk about it in a way that isn't accusatory. So you can say, hey, uh... This is fun. Um, actually, I just realized what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you're a relationship therapist. Let me tell you what I would do. 
So it's good. This is my theory, right? No, it's good. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, instead of being, say that vacuuming example, right? Instead of being like, well, it annoys me every time you don't vacuum at seven o'clock on a Tuesday. You could be like, hey, look, um, I'm feeling this way about this certain thing. Can we talk about it? You know, it makes me it makes me feel like I'm not noticed or I don't you, you yeah. don't care about me because we sort of agreed that you would do this and you haven't been doing it. You know, I get that it might not be a huge thing and maybe I'm the one that's being a bit pedantic here. But what do you think, you know, if I, if you were in my position, what would you yeah. think? If you say it like that, I, I think, think that's... that's a beautiful way to communicate, but it also comes down to the frequency because I've actually dated someone like this. I think I've spoken about him once before. He was a boyfriend I had for like two months and he would do that to me all the time where he'd communicate things in a really like mature and calm way. Yeah. But it was about everything. Like, hey, Eliza, okay. um, it really bothered me that, you know, when one time, okay, he's it really bothers me when I um, left in the morning at six o'clock and you you were really sleep. You didn't sleepy. You didn't walk me to the door, and I find that rude. And I was wait, like, wait, 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 is that a thing? Yeah. Then? And I was like, oh, all right, sorry. And then this is like literally like you two didn't weeks walk into dating. Me to the door. Yeah. As in, I didn't get up. I was just like, see ya, like peace, kind of thing. And then later, he'd be like, hey. Damn. Eliza, I hope you're having a good day, thinking about you lots. Um, it's kind of upset me that you didn't really send me like a, a good night text or a, like a good morning text or something. Do you think we can address this? So everything he said to me was communicated perfectly, but it was like 50 things a day. And I was like, dude, you're impossible to please. Like, no, thank you. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like I said, I think you could take it on a case by case example. Yeah. Someone's doing that, and they're just their their version of being, you know, a self empowered, uh, confident person is nitpicking every little thing that they don't feel okay with. Mm. Then you got to question. Well, you could probably got to challenge that person, or you sort of think, well, no, this this is actually quite narcissistic for you to like get upset that uh, you didn't. I didn't walk you to the door or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, however, I'm sure there are still situations where if something is annoying someone and it's persistent and, you know, oh, you've yeah. thought about it a little bit and could be recurring, uh, a recrudescent activity. That's mm. another word I learned. That's a good one. Oh. Um, <laughs> what does it mean? Weird recurring. Yeah, I think it's more used in a sort of medical context, so like a recrudescent oh. fever for something. Oh, I think. Okay. Again, it's all new. Um, <laughs> then you'd want to – I just think you should take like a moderate approach to that because what yeah. could happen is you could be the sort of person that is uh, might be unsure whether to speak up about something when it really could be something that would, yes. it, it, would it would benefit if you spoke up about it mm. and you think, no, I'm just being a – it's actually a very like – you know, Aussie thing on my arm being a sook, you know, yeah. am I being a sook? Yeah, I'm probably mm. being a sook. Mm. I think most times people probably are being sooks, but then there are times where people should um, speak up about things, even if they're just being, if it's just a little sort of petulant thing that they're being annoyed by, mm. then, yeah, I, I think a, a sort of moderate balance on, on those sorts of issues. If it's would be something the, that genuinely irks or crosses with your boundaries or morals, yeah, and in terms of relationships, then you should absolutely bring it up. And if it's and if you're finding it's ten things a day, either you're the issue or that person's an issue. But there's a big issue there that needs to be 
address if it's little things that is like you know i'm just gonna punish him whatever but we spoke about this before actually <laughs> like as in i'm gonna be okay. like a moody bitch until he does what he i yeah exactly oh, um but we spoke about this before gonna... like when we were talking about how um you can say things that even if you're aware that they're irrational, you can say like, look, you know, the exact example we use is, hey, I, I know this is irrational and I know you didn't actually do this, but I, it looked to me for a moment like you were flirting with that girl in the coffee shop and I need a little bit more reassurance kind of thing. Yeah. That's okay to do. You're not putting blame on anyone, but when you're accusing things and and you, you constantly and blaming someone for just things that is just outside of their control, really... For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Mm. There's there's a balance. There's yeah. a balance. There's yeah, a balance to everything. Seven o'clock vacuuming is probably like you know. Yeah, that's dinner time. Settle down, <laughs> right? Just I will get to it, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. Um. Okay, so that sort of trend of people being really open, and you know, even talking about sort of these quite deep psychological. Uh, well, doctrines that you're talking about childhood trauma and how that affects your relationship. I don't think, you know, were people in their 20s and in, in, even in the 90s doing that? Probably no. not. I don't know. Maybe no. like the middle and upper class people who were visiting therapists were. But now I see so many people sharing, and I think it's ultimately a good thing. So many people, men and women, mostly women, obviously, but on my social media, again, this could be you always get a skewed interpretation mm. of reality with your social media feed. So I might this could be the case. But uh, I see so many people sharing um, uh, passages about th- things like trauma and things like abusive relationships and being enmeshed. Or and when I saw my therapist, whereas yeah, that, that just, was not a thing. I don't think that mm. – I wonder if that was even a thing 20 – well, no. there was no social media, but mm. when you look at the 90s sitcoms, they were talking about going to therapy and things like that. But – I don't think people were sort of psychoanalyzing themselves the no. way that we do now, which I think for the most part is a good thing. But like, like what you were just talking about, you couldn't get to a point where you do it so much and blame your parents or, mm. you know, you, and some people have lived very extreme traumas, don't get me wrong. But if you're constantly blaming sort of minor traumas for every issue that you have today, that can be very unhealthy. Exactly, exactly. You have to be careful the way you you reflect because we always like to say in this podcast, everything comes back to like, you know, your upbringing, nature versus nurture, but you don't want to be like, okay, I'm fat. It's because of my parents or like I have, (laughs) you know, acne. It's because my parents or I'm poor. It's because of my parents, like those kind of things. It's take responsibility. What's your, what's your story? So, uh, on Christmas day, um, my, uh, I can't remember if it was my auntie or someone who wasn't, a parent was talking about what are you going to do? When are you going to get back to work and things? I'm like, yeah, I'll get back to doing podcasts soon. And, mm. and then they were asking me about the podcast and things. And I uh, was talking about, I do one with you and I do one with, with Jordan. And then my mum was like, yeah, I've listened to one or two of the ones with Jordan. They were really interesting. I was like, oh, which one did you listen to? And she's oh, like, no. the psychoanalyzing your childhood one, which I was like, of course a mother would look at all the oh. list of things. She's going to be like, oh, I'm going to listen to that bloody one. <laughs> Now I'm very careful. I'm pretty careful with what okay. I said. Jordan just has no filter, right? Um, I was I had this momentary just terror of like, oh, what Panic. did I say? What did I say yeah. about my mom? What did I- I'm trying to think? What did I say about her? What did I say about her? But then I was like, 
oh, did you, did, did you like it? She was like, yeah, it was good. It was, it oh, was interesting. Good. Yeah. And then I was like, did, did I say anything bad? I can't remember. And she's like, no, no, no. Oh, good. But I can't remember what I said now. Um, and then she, she was, there was one thing where I think I'd said, oh, because my parents' parents were really strict. They were a bit more lenient. She was like, no, my parents weren't really that strict. And I was like, okay, yeah. So let me clear that up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really, unha- you know, some people just blame their parents for everything. And mm. look, they chances are they did the best they could with the, the in the situation they were in. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, that's just a little, yeah, little I, anecdote there. That's that's fine. I like to think of it like your parents give you, you know, your playing cards, and you can't, you yeah. can't control what you were given and, and and what you've got, but you can control how you play it and how you make your next move. Um. And you're gonna use strategy. You're gonna gamble it. You know, it's it's kind sure. of you. You can only deal with what you're dealt with, but you got to deal with it. Exactly. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, what other? Okay, so. Well, um, I think that people also, um, and we were talking about this a little bit off camera before, but um, women are being more forward with dating. I found that and approaching, yeah. and yeah. I know that because you were talking to me about it. But my my friend, um, she's been she's single on the prowl. She's very very gorgeous, attractive, and she finds that she's been. Um, a lot of dates have been cancelling on her and I'm like, how is, how are they cancelling? Because she's so funny. She's so hot, like very gorgeous woman. And then I've kind of, she was telling me how she, one of her friends um, had suggested she would connect with their friend, a mutual friend, this guy. And so she met them at like a house gathering or something. Yeah. And then she messaged him afterwards saying like, hey, our friends thought we might be like a good match. Like they were a little bit flirty during the night. And I think he, she thought he was like a bit shy kind of thing. And he yeah. um, was she probably right. He didn't want to like approach her too forwardly. And she was like, look, I would like to start dating and, and see, explore where this goes and see see what happens. Um, and she, she does this very frequently and, in her interactions like on tinder and stuff like she wants to make it clear she's looking in a relationship but i think that by outlining her boundaries yeah, and right. expectations this is what I want, she was know? scaring people off because imagine if i had just met you at a party and nothing had happened you'd been like oh i like your dress like a little bit flirty and i'd gone home and be like hey if we want to start dating like um well, let's explore this. How gorgeous you, is she? You'd be like, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. very gorgeous. Well, though. Then I'll yeah. Probably be yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, like, yeah. but if the roles were reversed, if she was a male, I'd be like, oh my god, like <laughs> that's true, isn't it? Emotionally because, yeah. intelligent, like. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say that the you, that would turn you off. No, I'd love that. Really? After one night, a man oh, was like. No. Hey, I think I'd like to date you and explore where this could go. Really? No, no, not maybe not that forward but okay. i think like i've had people um say things like you know i i had a really enjoyable um like extremely my boyfriend said this like one or two times after i met him being like it was really nice to meet you i had a really great time i'd love to yeah. see you again um and, and kind of see where this goes and i thought that was a really nice like message yeah. to kind of receive and be like okay i can see his intentions i can see what he's looking for kind of thing and Maybe if a guy though had told me the day I met him, like I want to choose my girlfriend, I would think warning bells. Like this guy could be a bit cray cray. 
Yeah, if a girl said that to me, it would be a great ego uh, boost, mm. don't get me wrong. But I'd also think, well, hang on, why why are you making such a snap decision so quickly? Yeah, you don't know me. Um, but like I said, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I know you do. Yeah, <laughs> but- classic Aries. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you didn't need to tell me that. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think uh, over the next 10 years, women will be a lot more forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, again, in you know Western society and big cities, but uh, they also a lot more open to talk about sexual things. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not sometimes we talk as though, you know, since the 60s, it's been pretty open for a lot of people, right? In since, fact, since Sex in the City came out, that was like yeah, the most pivotal. Yeah, we think we have this like, oh, 10 years ago, no one ever talked about sex. It's like, no, that's we ridiculous, did. <laughs> right? Um, but on apps, I think, um, yeah, it'll just be a lot more uh, open and uh, people, I think it's an age thing as well. I think when mm. you're 18, 19, you're, very, you know, you're doubting yourself, should I be as open with my situation as I possibly can? But this is what people who are in their 30s always say when they're dating, they say, it's just so much better. People just tell just you, the, they're just like, they tell you on the first date, this is what I want, this yeah. is what I'm looking for. And people don't sort of second get, oh, should I change to suit this person or whatever? It's like, all right, cool, That's that's not what I want. See ya. Yeah, it's good. Or so it might not be a, just an overall trend. It could just be an age thing as we're getting older. Yeah, probably um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely see that. I think uh, already everything's online. I mean, really, that I can't see that trend changing. Online relationships are going to continue. They're already yeah. growing. Like last year, there was more online relationships probably than ever before. Exactly. So that's going to be. So that's going to definitely yeah. continue. I think. Ooh. Um. More of the OnlyFans sort of stuff. I think, you know, I've been talking to girls in my life that I would have thought there's no way they'd even consider that, but they're genuinely like, well, maybe it would be yeah, good money. Every single person you know? I know so is considering it. I um, think yeah. that will, maybe it'll just be a thing that pe- everyone just does, which will be interesting. Revenge uh, porn will be huge. Oh, yeah. But then if everyone's so open with their but nudes then and stuff. Will the, what will the impact what, even be? Exactly. Yeah. So, in fact, that could almost be a good thing. If ever, that's what. When people go to nudist colonies and things, they're like, "Well, we're taking away the shame. Uh, yeah the shame and yeah. the sort of the the weirdness and the inappropriateness of yeah. being nude." So then, if someone's nudes get out, they're like, "Well, that's a human body. Like, who, yeah. who gives a fuck?" So that's what I think. That's how I've always interpreted when, um, if I've ever sent nudes hypothetically, I wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't care. If they, I wouldn't care too. It wouldn't be the end of the world if they went out. That being said, please don't hack me. Um, and you gotta do it without the face. That's what. Yeah, I know it looks a bit weird, but is that I've what never you sent do? A, I'm never sent a nude without with my face in it. But that, oh, I can see why you wouldn't. But I f- not because of your face. <laughs> oh, because, excuse me. All right. <laughs> because of your, because of your like um, following, and there's there's a lot more risk, I guess, to that. Um, yeah, look, if it's a good nude, that can often. But like, I feel like the face is what makes up. it attractive. Like I, I do agree, and yeah. and but. I just don't want to, in case it ever gets out or whatever. Especially in men because it's like, cool, no, you send me a dick pic, I get 30 of those a week. Like. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. All right. No, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, Yeah, I know. It does look better when it's the whole thing, but I totally – and I also understand, if, you know, if women – I don't do many of the – like I don't really – I've never found 
Damn that's it. Super I was appealing, hoping you right? had because I, I was going to say we should do a podcast about like sexting and on how to keep online relationships spicy. Yeah, I don't do I've done all that stuff, right? But it's not something mm. I really uh I don't care about seeing I yeah, I, I don't know. If I'm like talking to a girl and maybe, you know, hoping to go on a date with her and then maybe even sleep with her, I like the anticipation and the uh, yeah. you know, the surprise. I don't want to just have a post oh, not cool. clarity. <laughs> I've seen that now and then like No, do you know you what know? the worst is? The absolute worst is when and I always tell my friends, especially one of my friends, bless her soul, she loves a little sex here and there. And she loves to like <laughs> be very flirtatious online when she's talking to guys she's attracted to and she wants a husband, right? Yeah. And um she she will like message these guys, they these super and they will have these super like sexually charged spicy conversations with photos and videos and I'm going to do Damn. this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to throw you here and like, oh, I like it rough, like that kind of stuff. And it, then it never lives up to and that. And then she meets him in person and he's like, hi. Like yeah. it's just so, to me, it's so no, it never uncomfortable. I'm like, no, don't say anything. Surprise him. Yeah. And then. It's amazing you're sexually charged, but surprise him with it because otherwise he's going to be coming in being like, it's just like awkward, the this kind of expectation now. Yeah, I mean, you hint at it and like sort yeah. of be cheeky yeah. about it. That's what I, I, I'm not telling you, I don't know. It doesn't always work for me again. But like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be, you know, fully sexually forward like that. I'd just sort of uh, maybe hint at it and talk about it. But then I just think then you've you've put all your cards on the table you know yeah you've, you, you, then she's got a really high expectation yeah whereas otherwise you go there and she's oh i wonder what he's going to be like and then and when, hopefully you're yeah. even better then <laughs> and when you sext just while we're on this don't make claims about yourself like don't say i'm gonna make you come eight times in a row and then <laughs> Like I'm gonna rock your world more than anyone ever has, and don't mm. don't just don't talk yourself up so much for both genders. I think like <laughs> that's the whole point, isn't it? That's imagine just being you- like I'm gonna like do all these wild things to you, and I'm gonna flip you over this and and do this, and then you have like this mediocre like romantic kind of sex. You'd be like confused and it's i find well, that that's just why yeah the like, concept of that so cringe and so awkward it's so true everyone talks a big game on the dating apps and then they meet in real life and we're all like awkward and anxious yeah now. yeah so well actually the same super... friend i'm talking about please don't kill me if you're listening to this but she had like a online kind of thing with this guy in queensland mm. and they were they they basically were in an online relationship, but it wasn't labeled because um, they were intending on meeting and they matched when he was visiting Sydney and then yeah. they were like so attracted to each other. So they had all these like crazy sexting, phone sex, whatever, everything. Yeah. It was – she'd leave the party we were at and go in the bathroom and just for 45 minutes. Just Whoa, to, she really anyway, does love her cheeky she's sex. She's committed. Jeez. She's committed. Love her. And then she finally goes to Queensland mm. to visit him. And he couldn't he couldn't get it up and they didn't have sex. So it was just like a month of this, like, just wait till I get there. I have a feeling a lot of women would uh, have stories like that where the guy's just been so, you know, audacious with what he said he's going to do. Yeah. But then he's probably feeling a lot of pressure because he said all those things, yeah, right? Yeah, but he set that pressure on himself. So, uh, yeah, exactly. That's why I don't – yeah, that's why I would just recommend don't – if you like doing it, do it, but I don't really – I don't do it. 
yeah. to that degree. I actually had someone do the reverse to me where they like negged themselves so much that I was believing what they were saying. Oh, that like, I'm going to be so bad at sex. Yeah, like I'm so average. <laughs> I got the most average, like the shittest dick ever. Like I'm very average. There. And I was like, oh, that's funny. he's got a great, per- I'll, I'll give it a go. He's got a great person. <laughs> My God, was I... You know, like so it was good. Yeah, that was a good. There you go. But make well, that's sure someone that she's who's confident, like who's just yeah, because it was all in banter, deprecating. Yeah, right. With the self, this comes to a, a well, just self-deprecating comedy in general, right? It, you want again, you want that balance, right? If you're too self-deprecating and you're constantly talking yourself down, people yeah. are going to be like uncomfortable. You, you don't like yourself. But if you're like, yeah, um, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not about the size of the bone, but how deep you bury it. Or yeah. You know, <laughs> just say some shit like that, then. Maybe not that, but, but you know. Barrier. Haven't you heard that one? No, I thought it was like it's not about the size of the boat; it's the motion of the ocean. I don't know, but There's a few, it's right. how you use yeah, it. Yeah, it's how you, yeah, yeah. It's because all, if it's all that, you need the size to bury it deep, don't you? That's what I would always say to that one. But that was uh, one that I've heard, which doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, if it's bigger, you're gonna bury it deeper. This is you right? having a little reflection moment. You're like, stop saying. Let's psychoanalyze the, <laughs> the the adages for sex, right? Um, all right, so we've, we've, uh, we'll probably wrap this one up soon. Any final trends that you think are going to – I think a lot more people – this isn't a sex thing, but I think a lot more people will become vegan for sure. Yes, like, <laughs> do it. They <laughs> predicted that will, vegan but... – what is it, veganary, vegan January, whatever, was like going to be the highest ever amount of people signing up to that where you spend one month being vegan. So. hundred, yeah. Already, even in my social circle, there's a lot of people that I wouldn't have expected that are doing it. Uh, I can only imagine that trend's going to continue. Yay! Um, I think there'll be a lot more political. Uh, this is stuff that isn't even relationship focused, but yeah. there'll be a lot more political tribalism. Yeah. I don't think just with Trump gone, it's then that's the elixir that's going to solve it. Mm. No, uh, getting rid of Trump wasn't some sort of you know, yeah, panacea for. I think that alleviating pe- political tribalism. People that were becoming or claiming or thinking that they're becoming woke, I think that they're going to go really, really far that end. And then I think, like you said before, like conservative people, I think it's going to become they're going to double down in their beliefs and yeah. and and faith and things like that. So I think that we're going to have where we might have been like here, the two groups. Of two now countries. we're going to be like so far separate. Obviously, there's a scale, but I think much more people are going to lead. To either end. Yeah, I think so too. Um, although you you just wonder, you're, you're almost going to be in like two countries, right? It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think people will, da- will really look at political opinions as a sort of way to uh, narrow the dating pool, right? Oh, you're going to, yeah. you, you know, if uh, even I've had women sort of say like what's your opinion on trump and i know it's a test i'm yeah. like well, what do you, like if it i is. say i like him are you gonna leave and they'll be like i might like <laughs> so, so um true. there'll be more dating along yeah woke slash conservative lines Hinge which is, is good funny. because have you been on it you can put in your um like political standing, it's either liberal, moderate, or conservative. Yeah, you can do that on Bumble as well. Oh, so I know I was like anyone that was conservative, I was like no, no. <laughs> like, but moderate, I was. Well, like, they won't be nitpicking <laughs> if you want a guy who's not going to nitpick. Yeah, a exactly. Guy. Um, 
Yeah, I'd probably just put moderate for all of this, you know, expand the yeah. bubble. Uh, that's, I'll just take what I can that's get. That's what men will do. They'll, that's the joke. It's like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I love uh, all the things you hey, love. Hey, I'm but, vegan too. Yeah. And you're like, how long for? And he's like, oh, the last four minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I think there will be more polyamory and open relationships. Yeah. Um, a lot of this will also depend on, like, economic conditions. I think if things if the economy doesn't sort of pick back up again or at least stay, not get any worse, then people might go more back to sort of, yeah, more traditional monogamous relationships. It would just be easier, right? You want to actually pull resources and have enough money to survive. Mm. If we get to that point, I don't think Australia will get to that point. But, you know, you never know. In 10 years, if it's if the economy is managed horrifically, it, that mm. could happen. I also think that due to COVID that for our age group, people in their 20s, early to late or even maybe 30s that there there isn't going to be as much of a pressure or self um, expectation of like I want to have a career sorted by 23 that I always like had or whatever it will be more of a um, we're only on this planet for a short amount of time I'm gonna like (laughs) you know do casual three days a week bartending or whatever so i can get by but i'm going to live my life i'm going to travel which is great if you can already i think that's yeah that's occurring yet the economic conditions the cost of living is getting higher yet more people want to work casually and and you know experience yeah the world so you're getting into pretty you know your 20s can go pretty quickly right i mean before you know it you blink and then you're 28 29 and you're like shit i don't have anything sorted yeah. Um, so we'll come back on this podcast at like 35 and we'll be like, remember when we thought 28 was old? <laughs> what an yeah, insult. Yeah, gosh, anyone yeah. who's going to be <laughs> cringing at this so much. Yeah. That's what I get. A lot of people who are in their 30s who do listen to this, they're like, it's cute listening to you guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we used to think those things were important back then. Um, <laughs> so shout out to you guys. Um, keep listening. I don't know why you still listen. Old and golden. Clearly like it. Yeah, you're such <laughs> thirty. Old. No. Over the hill. No. Your life is over. Thirty is young. Thirty is <laughs> at your peak. When you start reaching your peak, I reckon thirties will be the best for men. For- <laughs> Excuse. You know, I actually had a woman mm. um, reach out to me mm. and on my Instagram that a podcast listener. So I can't remember your name, but shout out. And she said to me. You guys need to do a podcast about... Um, Dating in your 30s? No, okay. about women being attractive and, and wanted and desired as they age in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Like yeah. They need to stop being like, even though statistically and biologically, there is like this epitome of beauty at early 20s, doesn't necessarily encompass just attractiveness and, and that's true it and, doesn't. and i was like yeah that's a bloody good point that's yeah. a really good point yeah uh i mean we can t- uh yeah we can really briefly touch on that we can do a full podcast on that too yeah we should um if you're just talking about physical beauty we all know that goes down with age that's just a fact unfortunately like, like Unless you know, you even have, we're 20 what about like, milf fetish for most people, for like on average or whatever you want to say, um, just purely physical, if you're saying mm-hmm. just physical beauty, not talking about overall attractiveness, for most people, mm-hmm. yeah, some people can age like a fine wine and become a milf or a silver fox. Yeah. There's a lot of really handsome silver foxes out there. But generally speaking, you know, mm-hmm. there's a sort of like peak and that's in your, well, for most women, it's like early 20s. And for men, it can be like, it can range from early 20s to 
usually by mid 30s though it's you're done or some men peak <laughs> at like 16 in high school and then turn True. into total dickheads yeah yeah but yeah overall attractiveness that encompasses so many things your emotional mm. intelligence your experience your wisdom Drive, ambition, how kind you are yes, how yeah. um passionate you are and how mm. <laughs> you know how good in bed you can be do you like dogs or cats or cats you know <laughs> Yeah. So that would only, you'd hope that would increase, you, you should be working on yourself so that it increases over time. Mm. And some people could really diverge if you just rely totally on your physical, on your looks. Mm. By the time you're 40, you're just a terrible person because you've never really worked on yourself. Yeah. And then vice versa, the person who might not have been as attractive in their 20s who's been finding different hobbies, learning, developing their career or just their personality and their, you know, being introspective and and mm. and working through maybe some of their bad habits they're going to be so much more attractive as a as a even a 30 year old than exactly. that other 30 year old who was like super hot at 18 and just a bitch and still a bitch that's why <laughs> do not marry or get into relationships and then accommodate for them for everything because they're hot and then i always hear like this girl or woman or or guys or whatever the gender being like super psycho and manipulative and then he'll be like but dude but they're hot she's yeah she's so hot like okay she'll be Standard. hot for the next you know however yeah. many years but what's you're married you know you're gonna have babies what, yeah, what then that's a that's a really good point or men losing attractiveness to women when they're pregnant or after they've had birth because they think you know her body isn't what it used to be and you're like mate she gave birth four weeks ago calm calm down the highest rates of infidelity in relationships is when a woman is at like seven to nine months pregnant just about to give birth really is when every man Jesus. that cheats is like mm, this is this is the optimal time <sighs> so horrific god yeah, yeah hearing that as a woman would would not be just soul destroying Makes me lesbian temporarily. <laughs> Damn. Mm. Anyway, that's a fun note to end it on. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I actually sympathize with that. That's uh, I. I guess I understand why they might want to relieve some stress, but yeah, you probably want to yeah. push through that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, get a sex doll. Kidding. <laughs> it would be better than. I'm sure most women would say that's better than cheating. Yeah. Um, but it's probably not ideal either. Um, thank you for listening to the first episode of 2021. Wish you all the, all the best for this, uh, new year. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. neilkalaka.com slash podcasts. There are plenty of paid subscription options and, uh, possibility for Eliza and I to cover a topic or even if it's a relationship issue you're having, we can, well, she can be your therapist and I'll just be like the, the, the um the joker that comes in and just roasts you so uh if you're interested in that it's only 30 dollars uh go to neilcohacker.com slash podcast thanks guys we'll see you next time thank you see you next week